0: There's a concept known as which literally means one who hears, it's as if he answers. And the meaning behind this concept is that in order to fulfill one's obligation of making a bracha, one doesn't actually have to say the bracha, but he could fulfill his obligation by hearing the bracha from somebody else, as long as he has the intention that he's fulfilling his obligation, as well as the person making the bracha, he must also have the intention of allowing this other person to sort of latch onto his bracha and fulfil his obligation. This is what is known as shemea that just by hearing it, it's as if you actually said the bracha. Now when it comes to Birkos hanenin, which are brachas made upon benefiting from something, for example the brachas you make on food, in order to use the mechanism of shemea Koine, the person who is making the bracha has to be obligated in that bracha. Meaning he can't just say a shahakol miyabidvarai on behalf of somebody else and not drink or eat anything. It's only if he needs to make that bracha anyway that he can allow somebody else to latch onto it and both of them to fulfil their obligation via that one bracha. The truth is actually, it's generally preferable to use the mechanism of sheme'a Koine rather than each individual making a bracha. The pasuk says berov am melech, that Hashem's glory is manifest more when there's lots of people. When there's one bracha which is covering many people, then that's a bigger glory for Hashem, and therefore it's preferable to use the mechanism of Shemei than each individual making their own bracha. However, as our Mishnah is about to tell us, there's a condition attached. Namely, in order for me to fulfill my obligation via your bracha, we have to be eating as a group. It's not enough that we both need to say the same bracha, but we have to have a cavius. which means we have to be in a state where we are there in a fixed manner, and we're eating together. We're not just both snacking quickly, grabbing something to eat, without properly sitting down to eat it. Rather, we've got to eat properly as a group in order to use Shemayake Oynah. Now, during the period of the Mishnah, the way they would eat a proper meal is that they would recline. They would lean to their left, similar to what we do on Seder night nowadays, and only if they did that, would that show that it was a fixed meal. So the Mishnah begins, If there was a group of people who were sitting down to eat, even if they sit around the same table, as long as they don't recline, each one should make a bracha for himself, because they are showing that they are eating in a temporary manner. However, if they did recline, they did lean towards their left, then they have a proper kavias, they're considered one group together, and therefore one of them should make a bracha for all of them, using the mechanism of The truth is, nowadays, just by sitting down that would be enough, because that's the way we eat a proper meal. Continues the Mishnah, we said earlier on that if one makes a bracha on wine before the meal begins, then that would generally exempt him from making a bracha for the rest of the meal. But of course, if he hadn't made a bracha on the wine before the meal began, then he will need to make a bracha during the meal. Now, what happens if once again you've got a group of people, and they're eating a proper meal together, so they technically could use the mechanism of shomea and bolahem ya'im say'chah mazain. Wine is brought to them during the meal, while they're eating. The halacha is that kol echad ve'echad but actually, each individual should make a bracha for himself, and they shouldn't use Shemeh Ake The reason for this is because since everybody is busy eating, they're unlikely to concentrate fully on the bracha being made, so they won't be able to fulfil their obligation with that. And a second reason is also because if they answer on main to the bracha, while they've got a mouthful, they might choke and it's dangerous, and therefore to avoid that danger, each person should make a bracha for himself. However, if the wine comes to them after they've finished eating, then one person can and should make a bracha for all of them, using the mechanism of Shemeh Ake because here there is no danger of choking, and everybody's finished eating, so they will concentrate on the bracha. Now, there was a custom in the times of the Mishnah, that after benching, they would often bring spices and incense for everybody to smell, and make another bracha on this smell of Basomim of the spices. And once again, it's preferable that one person should make the bracha for everybody, and even though you would think that the most respected person there should be the one to make this bracha, the Mishnah says that for who I'mar al-Mugmar? He, meaning the person who just made the bracha on the wine, on behalf of everybody, should also be the one who says the bracha al-hamugmar on these incense, on these spices. Since he started making the bracha on behalf of everybody, he should make this bracha as well. Even though they would only bring the incense, after the meal, and after they've benched, so it is separate from the meal nevertheless, the same person who made the bracha on the wine on behalf of everybody, he is the one who should continue and make this bracha on behalf of everybody. Mishnah Zion, there's a very important rule when it comes to making brachas, which we've alluded to already once or twice in our mesechte, and that is the rule about ikka v'tofel, a main primary food, and a secondary food, and halacha is that one only makes a bracha on the primary food, and that exempts it covers the secondary food even if the secondary food is a different bracha. That's why when one says a bracha on bread, he doesn't need to make any more brachas during that meal, because the bread is so primary that anything else eaten during the meal in order to satisfy one's hunger is considered secondary to the bread. Our Mishnah's example is going to be an unusual case where the bread is is considered secondary, and the reason for this is because we're talking about somebody who eats a salty food, for example, salty fish, it's very salty, and the reason why he's eating it is not to fill himself up or to satisfy his hunger. Rather, the Gemara explains that the person just ate very sweet food, and he wants to basically counteract the effects of the sweetness by eating something very salty. And because the thing he's eating is so salty, he has bread with it in order that the saltiness is not too much to bear by having it alone. So the mission tells us, hey, will fun of Moliach, If they brought in front of somebody a salty food, at the beginning, before the bread, the salty dish is the main dish, and there's bread with it. But the bread here, like we explained, is secondary. is He would make a brocha on the salty food. So if for example it's salty fish, he would make a shahakal, which is the brocha on fish, and that would cover the bread. And he wouldn't make a brocha on the bread, because the bread is secondary to it and says the Mishnah this is the rule, Kol Ikar of any food which is the primary food, and it comes with a secondary food, he makes a bracha on the Ikar, the primary main food, he covers the secondary food, the thing which is Tofel, and does not make a bracha on that. Mishnah, up until this point in the Perak, all the brachas which we've mentioned and discussed are Midrabanon. The Chachom instituted them, we explain that it's logical that one can't benefit from this world without praising Hashem for it. There's one bracha on food which is mid namely, birqas Benching, the bracha one makes after eating certain foods, and the focus of our Mishnah is to understand which foods, which foods require a birqas after them. Now, we learn from a Pesach in the Torah that one needs to make three brachas, actually, after eating certain foods. So the first three brachas in benching are mid the actual words weren't formed by the Torah, but the fact that one needs to say three brachas is an obligation from the Torah. Now what are those three brachas? So the first one is praising Hashem for food, for sustenance, that was formulated by Moshe Rabbeinu when the Mon came down. The words for the second bracha, which thanks Hashem for the land of Eretz Yisrael, those were composed by Yeshua when he led the Jews into Eretz Yisrael. And the third bracha, which prays, it asks for Hashem to rebuild Yerushalayim and the Bez that was made by David HaMelech, and his son, the king Shrema The fourth bracha was added later on, that's midr but the first three brachas are made So the Torah says, you shall eat and you shall be satisfied, and then you shall bless Hashem, and that's really the main source for Berkes HaMozon. Now the posseg before that, says that when we enter Eretz Yisrael, we'll have bread. So everybody agrees that when one eats bread, the posseg after that comes to tell us that you have to make a bracha after eating bread. Now the Posik before that, Lists the shivas haminim, the seven types of produce for which the land of Eretz Yisrael is praised, and it's an argument in our Mishnah whether the pasuk tupsukim later is referring back to those seven species as well. So according to the first opinion now in, in our Mishnah, ochal te'enim, if somebody ate figs anovim or grapes verminim or pomegranates or any of the shivas haminim, shalish he has to make the three brachas after them. That's Medar he would also have to say the 4th bracha, which is midrabanan. Div Devram Gamliel, that's the opinion of Raman Gamliel, who holds that the posuk of the V'ochal to is referring back to two previously, where these 7 species are listed. However, the Chachom and the Chachom say no, that obligation is only referring to the previous possek where it mentions the bread, and therefore, when it comes to other foods of the Shavu aminim, in fact, even wheat, which is one of the Shos or barley, if that's not made into bread, then one would not be obligated to say Breg sama rather mid they have to say a bracha, bracha achas me'ein shaleish, one bracha which is a shortened form of the three brachas, and that is ala michya or ala ha al or different forms of the bracha, depending on what you ate, and contained in this bracha are those three elements which are in the three brachas. Again, what are they? It's thanking Hashem for the food and the sustenance, thanking Hashem for the land, and praying for the rebuilding of Yerushalayim and the Besamikdash. All those are in, contained in this Mijabonon bracha of Alamichya. or whatever version you would say, depending on which type of food. By the way, I will mention that some people do hold that even Alamichya is Midrash but most hold it's Midrash and that's why we explained that Alamichya is Midrash Now the Mishnah brings a third opinion. Rabbi Akiva Omer Rabbi Akiva says, Afidu Ochal shalek. Even if somebody eats a cooked vegetable, and the Gemara explains we're referring to a specific vegetable, which would actually fill you up, if that vegetable fills you up, and it's your proper meal, you make a proper fixed meal on that, and you eat it in order to fill yourself up, you make all three brachas after you eat that, and according to B'Akiva, that is because he doesn't relate the posuk and the obligation of benching to the previous Pesukim, Rechira just learns, the Pesuk says, you shall eat, you shall be satisfied, and you shall bless Hashem. It's not talking about the foods which are just mentioned, it's anything which you eat. And therefore, even a cooked vegetable, if you eat that as a proper meal, you would need to make a bracha, three brachas afterwards, as a mid araisa obligation of brikas hamazon. The Perik now ends off by discussing the bracha on water. Now, the only real benefit which one gets from water, is if he drinks it in order to quench his thirst. But if somebody consumes water, for another reason, such as to get rid of something which is stuck in his throat, or to allow him to swallow food properly, the water itself is not really beneficial, and therefore one wouldn't make a bracha on it in that situation. It's only HaShosemayim Litzma'oi, if somebody drinks water for his thirst, since then he's getting a proper benefit, he says the bracha, blessing Hashem, and praising him that everything was created by his word. Rebbe Tarifin says, the bracha you make before drinking water, is a Nefoshis Rabbis, it's the bracha which you praise Hashem, and you say the one who creates many souls. This bracha is all about how Hashem provides for everything which we need, everything which is essential for life, and since water is so essential, Rebbe Tariffin holds that so there's a special bracha which one makes before water, which happens to be also slightly longer than most brachas which one makes before eating. Now, the halacha is that the brain of Foshes Rabbis is only used as an after blessing, and it's made after eating any food which one doesn't make a brik samozain or an al on, but it's never made before eating or drinking anything. Perigzain, Midyar Bonon, there's a specific way that brik has to be said. And this particular special way of doing it only applies if there's at least three people who eat together, and if that is the case, then they have to do what is known as zimun, which literally means to invite. It's when one of the people there invites the others to praise Hashem and to bench to say the after blessing after the food now originally this person who invited the others to bench he would actually be the only one who would say the whole of berg Samozain, and everybody else would listen and fulfill their obligation using the mechanism of Shema however later because it's quite difficult to concentrate for that long on each word and concentrating is necessary to fulfill your obligation via Shema so because that was difficult the rabbonon Established that he should just be the one to invite everybody to say their blessings, and then everybody would bench themselves. Now, what exactly he says when doing the zimun will be discussed later on in this parak. but for now the mission tells us three people who eat together as one group, Chayov and are obligated to do this process of zimun, where one person invites the rest, to say this after-blessing of Berka The fact that it has to be at least three people is learnt from Pesukim, and that is to be found in the Gemara. Now the halacha is that if somebody eats food which is forbidden to eat, then he cannot be part of the Zimun. And the Mishnah is now going to list many types of food, or categories of produce. First it will list permitted foods, or foods which, 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 which if one eats, he can still be part of the Zimun. And then it will go on to forbidden foods, which if eaten, the person would not be able to be part of the Zimun. And most of the things on the list, are going to be various tithes, various trimmers, maestras, which are the different gifts which one needs to give to koanim, to Leviim, to the poor people, after producing his crop. And this is really an introduction to the entire Seder, because most of Seder's Zerotim is all about these different gifts which a farmer has to give. So we begin with something known as demai. Demai comes from the Aramaic of do-mai, which means this is what, and it basically refers to any produce which is bought from an amha who is somebody who is not so learned, He doesn't really know the laws properly, and although the majority of these type of people still separated the necessary gifts for the of Levim and, and the poor people, there were some who didn't, and therefore it was instituted that if somebody buys produce from an Amharat, he needs to separate all these tithes, all these gifts himself. Now if somebody eats this produce, the Mai, without separating the pro- the gifts, Nevertheless, he still can be part of Zimun, because the majority of amihah Ha'aretz do separate the gifts, and therefore we can rely on that to allow you to be part of the Zimun. So, Ochel and then the next one is Umaisa Rishain. Rishain. is a tenth of the produce, which one separates and gives to a Levi. Now, once a Levi receives this, he has to take a tenth of that and give it to the Kohen. That's known as Trumas Maisa, and he's not allowed to eat the Maisa Rishain until he does so. But if the truma smaisa has been taken, then he can't eat that. So umaisa rishon shnitl terumasa. If a levi ate Rishain after the Trumasmasa was taken, then again he can be part of the zimun. The truth is, this is quite obvious, and the Gemara explains what exactly the Mishnah is telling us, which we wouldn't have known. Next, umasa sheni. Masa Masorsheni is a tenth of one's produce, which one has to separate and then bring up to shalayim and eat himself there. He doesn't have to give it to anybody, he just has to make sure that it's consumed in Yerushalayim. Now you can imagine, a tenth of one's produce is a lot to bring to Yerushalayim. So what they would often do is they would redeem that produce onto money, bring the money up to Yerushalayim, and then spend the money on food in Yerushalayim and eat it there. So once the produce has been redeemed onto money, that original produce can now be eaten by anybody, and in any place. The Hekdash. Hekdash is something designated to the Besa So once again, if somebody designates food to the Besa he needs to redeem it onto money and give the money to the Besa So once the food has been redeemed onto money, anybody can eat that food. So again, Masasheni v'hekdash or food designated to the Besa which was redeemed onto money, if one ate that food afterwards, again, he would of course be part of the Zimun. The Gemara, once again, explains why the Mishnah tell us this. The hashamash She'och l'kezai, and a waiter who eats a kazais, the size of an olive of bread, even though he eats it not sitting down properly as a group with them, since that's the way that a waiter normally eats, for him it is considered a proper meal, fixed. And therefore he can make up the Zimun. And finally the Hakusi. The Kusim were a non-Jewish nation who converted to Judaism en masse. And for a very long time, their conversion was debated, they didn't accept all of the mitzvahs, but those that they did, they performed extremely well, and across Mishnahis, there is an argument as to whether they were considered Jews or not. Now, ultimately, they were actually found to be idolatrous, so they were pronounced non-Jews. But according to our Mishnah, which came before that discovery, they were considered proper Jews, and therefore he could be part of the Zimun, for all these things, one could be part of the Zimun, as we described. However, ochal tevel. if somebody ate Tevel, which is something which we know that the gifts have not been separated from, it's forbidden to eat that. U if somebody eats Masarishain, which is the tenth of one's produce which goes to the Levi, so if the Levi eats that, but... Before its trimus maser has been taken, remember trimus maser is the tenth of that which the levy gives to the coin. And before that's taken, it's forbidden to eat that. Thirdly, omaser sheni, which is a tenth of one's produce which he eats in Yerushalayim. The hectish or food which was designated to the Beisha mikdosh. if either of these food has not been redeemed yet onto money, so of course it's forbidden to eat it. The shamish ocha and a waiter who eats less than a kazias of bread. Truth is, this applies to anybody who eats less than a kazias of bread less than the size of an olive, the Mishnah just says a waiter in order to parallel the first part of the Mishnah, so that the lists are similar, the Hanukhri and a non-Jew, even somebody who's half converted to Judaism, but not fully, all these people in Zanalehem, they cannot be part of the Zimun, one cannot make a zim with them, and again, although many of these points seem obvious, the Gemara does explain each case and which part wasn't exactly obvious, and why the Mishnah had to tell us each case. Be it as it may, we've given a very brief outline of these gifts which a farmer needs to give from his crop. No doubt throughout the rest of the say there, we will go into far more details about each of these gifts.